a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Cecilia. Hello. How's that work-life balance going for you at the moment? That's really interesting because... (laughs) You know, having your whole family at home for a period of time while you're trying to work kind of made the balance easier in some ways. Really? Well, I didn't have to go anywhere, so I didn't have to organise babysitters or any of that kind of stuff. Yes. It also meant the commute was removed from my mm-hmm. life, so that that actually made a big difference to me. But, yeah... I think we've been sold a complete load of poo when it comes to work-life balance for most people on, and the most part because it's just really difficult to achieve. I know, right? But I don't know that, like, whatever the scenario, do yeah. we ever get to have that balance? No, like, no, <laughs> no, of course you don't. And also the idea that you can be 100% one thing and 100% something else simultaneously, well, you know, mathematically it doesn't work, but it doesn't work anyway. You know, you can't. Especially if you're a mum, you're always torn. You're never mum, mumming enough. Never mumming enough. Never, mumming never enough, anything enough. Never working enough. Some never le- enoughing enough. Some level of guilt, unfortunately, <laughs> or whatever it is that you're doing. Let's get rid I of know, that today. Right? Anyway, we have a beautiful guest today, Felicity Harley, who I've just checked out the credentials because I've watched Felicity's mm-hmm. work for years. But so started off editor of Girlfriend, moved on to Clio, then to Cosmo magazine. Ooh, so she grew, you know, up. grew up with her her editorial skills in the magazine that she needed at the time, clearly. Um, and then now is editor at large uh, at Women, which is an online platform that everyone needs to go and take a look at. And Felicity's also married to Tom Harley, who some people might know as being a very talented football player. And oh, busy times. She's done, and she's a mum. Felicity, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. That was a lovely intro. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, no, but I mean, you've done lots of things, but most recently you've put out a book called. It is called Balance and Other BS How to Hold It Together When You're. Well, trying to have it all, but when you're doing it all, really. So exactly what you were just talking about. I love it. I love it because I think maybe, and I haven't fully had the opportunity to read the whole book, but I've flicked through it and I feel like you've said all the things that we've been thinking but just haven't been brave enough to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you say, I mean, I've worked um, for two decades in women's magazines and and I think you did you miss women's health in that? I actually launched. Oh, yes. That was. I I just. (laughs) thought that when Probably. I was talking. How you know each other, is it? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's actually how I would have connected with you. Yeah. yeah, I think we chatted way back when Women's Health first launched. So I launched that um, in Australia. But yes, as I was saying, I've worked with women for two decades. I mean, I feel like I, I am a woman. Um, I've got a daughter. I've got sisters. And so it, the book came about because I wrote an article for women. Um, it was about a year ago about basically about overwhelm and how we're just there's just more and more things being piled on women to do, um, to have, to, yeah, that we just, and we're also sold this whole concept of balance, that balance is the utopia. If we get, if we are balanced, then we will be happy, then all will be well. And I just felt like, you know what, this is total BS. We'll never be balanced. Where, where it's got to stop at some time, it's got to stop somewhere. We're ragey, we're angry, you know, feminism promised us that in some ways we would be happier and more in control, but so much of us are out of control. So in some ways we're more empowered, but 
we're also disempowered by the overwhelm and the overload. So I wrote this article for women and it just went bananas. Um, it's actually the one article that I've written in 20 years that I've had the most amount of feedback from. So that's kind of where the book stemmed from. I was talking to Alan Unwin, my publisher, and at the time about writing something and and so I went away and I just, for eight weeks, I just talked to every single woman I knew, picked their brains. And then I felt like, honestly, I felt like I've turned into a therapist during that time. <laughs> like people just unloaded about, you know, how they were struggling with, with work, with the hours that, and the, the load of kids. And even without kids, the ex- expectations that society puts on you that by 30, you must be married. By 31, you must do this. By 35, you must do this. 40. And I just felt something's got to give and so hence the book it came out of that from my conversations with women with experts with other celebrities and and yeah it's an interesting thing because we are all feeling that you're right but I also think the flip side of that is that we don't really know how to fulfill all these roles we're supposed to fulfill now but then men don't really know how to fulfill all the roles that they used to fulfill and now they're supposed to do all these other roles that are expected of them. So we've just kind of blurred the boundaries in in the hope of trying to get equality and it's it feels a bit messy right now, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I do, I spoke to um, people, experts like Jane Caro, the head of gender studies at the University of Sydney, about how we've got to this headspace. Because I think we all agree that the basic tenets of feminism are fantastic, but we're just still trying to figure it out four, dec- four mm. decades later. And it's, it's messy as it's ever been. And I think, you know, there, you know, my husband in particular is my one feminist ally like he wants to help but he's also overwhelmed trying to work out okay do I do this um at home or I still have to work and I still have to do this and so it's just messy you're right it's messy so I don't know what you know in some ways I don't know what the way forward is and my book is more about okay what you can do now to help your mental well-being but I think COVID has definitely helped in some ways I'm really split on this half of me thinks been fantastic because I think it's enabled men to see what women actually do like the mental load and the second shift at home but on the flip side it's also increased many people's load because well with the homeschooling thankfully now in New South Wales where I am kids are back um but in any in other ways it's 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 not helped actually more women are unemployed now more women you know they're calling it the pink recession as, as women are going to suffer out of this more than men. Mm. It's, it certainly is. <laughs> it, it has made for interesting times. I even I, I don't think it definitely hasn't made a difference in our household. In fact, I feel like it's stepped things back because I we're both still working and the kids are home. So that's been a definite uh, challenge and it's not been fun. Like I haven't enjoyed it at all. I want, I just, you know what I enjoy? Not having to get out the door in a rush. That's the only thing I don't enjoy. But I wonder also, you know, some women would be listening to us and I know that you say this in, in your introduction to your book, but you're like, you know, you haven't had any major trauma. You're, you're married. You've, you know, some women would look and go, what the heck? Like you've, mm, how do you know? How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you say to that? Because, you know, there obviously are, we all have different stories. We all have different backgrounds and, and yeah. some of us have had more adversity than others, but we're all women. And what do you say to that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is a really good point. As I say, I, I haven't, 
I mean, I almost lost a son at five weeks old to meningococcal B. That's pro- probably my life trauma. Um, but no, I haven't had cancer or there's there's people far worse off than me in domestic violence situations, whatever. I think my main thing that I learned while writing the book is that overwhelm looks different to everyone. Um, it looks different from me as it looks different from someone in a same-sex marriage trying to, you know, navigate that in the world or whatever it is. And that shouldn't diminish what you're feeling right now because and acknowledging that and dealing with that and then you can help other people. And I think that's the one thing I learned that don't, we've got to stop comparing ourselves to what other women look like and are doing. And I think that that is one of the problems. We compare ourselves, we get competitive or, you know, we look at Instagram and we think, oh, hang on, but she's threading macaroni necklaces and I can't even, <laughs> I, you know, and, and I can't even get out, you know, get changed by 11 o'clock in the morning and schooling's <laughs> all a disaster. And, you know, so I think we just have to, yeah, just look at our own, try and figure out how it looks in our life and, and come to terms with that and strategies that we can put in our everyday to help our overwhelm before we help other people that we might care about. I think um, that was another good thing that came from the COVID lockdown was removing the shoulds. We've talked about this. You know, if you can't go anywhere or you don't need to try and catch up with people, that I should, I should, I should was removed for a while. And I personally, that just gave me space to breathe and to not feel like I was not ticking all the boxes every week. You know, I had friends that I really wanted to see and because they don't live nearby or whatever, it was difficult to see them and they've got kids and everyone's got commitments and it, it, it all got a bit out of control. But all of a sudden this line was drawn in the sand and I feel like I had time to breathe and go, actually, that stuff isn't really important. I You're telling me you didn't that. go crazy last weekend and visit as many people as you no, possibly No, I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> we Did were, you? Yep. We were booked up Thursday <laughs> through Sunday. <laughs> I wasn't ready. That's so interesting. Oh, yep. I, I did I not like, feel ready. Straight out. Like, yeah. Where are we going Thursday? Where are we going Friday? Where are we going Saturday? <laughs> people, people. Oh. The weirdest thing that I actually encountered was um, I met a friend in the street and, you know, he is Greek and kiss me hello and I'm used to that but I was like oh hang on we, is this yeah, weird like are you supposed to be, to be yeah. doing that <laughs> yeah. it was just odd but you know I, I think that the challenge is also like you said I think the lines are really blurred and coming back to that conversation how do we re-establish those or do we not need to like how do we move forward with this because that's the that's where I feel like really tricky. It's so tricky, well, right? Because I think it can feel a little bit like relationships are competitive. Well, when, that was the other thing I was going to say. There's so many women. That's what we. I don't. There's know. no lines, but we look at others as well, and we're like, oh, but they're doing that, and I'm not, and then this whole comparison mm. situation plays out. And and you can't play the card of oh, that's a man's job anymore. No. You know, cleaning the gutters. <laughs> yeah. That's a man's job. That one. No, <laughs> I still play a few of those games. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that we can need to get better about creating boundaries? Like, do you think that there's something to be said about that? Yeah, I talk, actually, I go into boundaries a lot, being really um, clear about what your own boundaries. And I do something um, in my own life, which again, I talk about, it's called knowing your truths. And it's kind of, it's, it, I borrow that kind of concept from Oprah, but um, she talks a lot about standing in your truth. 
And I think that's really important. Like we all know our values, we all know what's important, but being really clear on your values right now for the next, but the short term, I think often we can go, oh, my values are family and career and health and, you know, and we can have so many and they can be so wishy-washy. I think what I've learned to do is go, okay, for this year I, I've got three kids, one still at home, it's got to be kids. Like it's, it, it's got to be that. And, and it, that's my choice. And also acknowledging our choices as women. I think often we, I've chose to have three kids, so I cannot have a full-time career and three kids at the same time. I just can't. So I need to go, okay, my three kids, that is my thing. My career still happens. It's still evolving. Obviously, I've written a book. I can still fit it in, but I can't get upset that I can't focus on that career. So I need to just, this is what it is for this year. This is my truth, my kids, it's my health. And just being very clear about that. I think often, you know, we have goals, pie in the sky things. I mean, I have to acknowledge at the moment, well, we obviously can't travel anywhere, but I love to travel. That's definitely something, you know, is a value of mine, but it's not going to happen for the next five years with Mm. small children. So I have to go, okay, park that over there be clear on this. And when I think when you're really firm in your truth, your boundaries, you're much firmer in your boundaries about saying, you know, no, I can't take that extra job on for work because I've got to be here for my kids, where, where, you know, whatever your truth may be. So that. I think that's interesting because I also feel like often we do things because we feel obliged yeah. or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's not okay to say that's not, I can't manage it. Right. Mm, like can't fit it in. Exactly. But when you do, when you can align to that, I think it allows you to really stand very firm and be very much know who you are, what you do and why you do it. And I think for anyone that can get to that place of knowing those things, it becomes easier to create those those boundaries that we're talking about. But I, I know, I know that I would think that sometimes we just do what other people expect us to do because we don't have them and then all of a sudden that's a spiral. What about saying... I don't want to do that. Right, that's the other thing. That's the biggest one. I did that yesterday and I went back and and it was such a small thing but it was a work thing and someone asked me to do something and I thought it was unreasonable and I said no and then for an hour or so later I was like, oh, maybe I should just do it, oh, you know, I should. It'll only and then take they'll five go minutes. away, it'll only take five minutes and, then, and I thought, no, I've said no because I don't want to do it so I need to stick with that and that feels so uncomfortable through all of my experience with work and who I am and all of the things. So isn't that interesting? Yeah, I didn't but, want- and then it's empowering, isn't it? Like you kind of feel, you know, I actually had the same experience last week. I said someone asked something, I said, no, I can't do it this week. And I said, because I've got too much on, I'm actually overwhelmed, which kind of fits at the moment. Mm. People are like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. That card but, works, yes. But um, I felt so good saying, you know, I went through, I feel guilty of maybe I can do it. And I thought, no, I can't do it because I need to go and do this other thing. But it gave me a great sense of power over my, you know, over my guilt, over my people pleasing, you know, mm, that kind of feeling. Yeah, I tend to say that to people, I'm sorry, I just can't make that a priority right now. And I feel like it gives a perspective of sort of, being able to say, I wouldn't mind doing it, but I couldn't actually give it the attention that it requires, or I don't have the capacity, or I don't want to give, you know, mm. um, rather than it being a nut, nah, see you later. Um, it's like, well, I actually, I can't make it a priority, so I can't do it. That's a and- good one. 
you seen in your experience of speaking to all these women that in writing the book, how whilst we understand this shows up mentally for a lot of women, what about physically? Uh, was there any conversation about physically what shows up for them when they are in this state of, of you know, imbalance or overwhelm? Yeah, I mean, I, I think actually my own experience, I had an experience myself two years ago when my youngest was six months old and Tom was really, like he he is the... Um, CEO of the Sydney Swan, so he has a big job. So he's not around much during footy season. And I was just overwhelmed with three children, not much help, and just physically exhausted. And it came out, I had got psoriasis all over my body. Now that's not a big thing, I know, but you know, it was enough to, it, it was enough that it was a light bulb moment for me where I just went, hang on. I'm not well. <laughs> like I, and I think as, as women, we tend to just think I can rally, I can keep it together, I can do this, we can keep going, I can keep these not sleeping pro- properly because my kids aren't sleeping properly. I can, you know, we know what we, a lot of us know what we need to eat nowadays to um, stay healthy. And, um, but yeah, I just totally, oh, it just came out everywhere and it was, it was horrible. But that was a point where I thought, okay, physically, my mental and emotional well-being is now coming out physically. Mm. So, you know, obviously I had to go and see someone to help look at that and looked at my gut and all, all went into all that kind of the gut health side of things, which you know well, Nat. But, um, and I actually talk about that. It's just a, a little example, but I think often we fail to acknowledge physically what we might feel, be feeling. Yes. We, I, I just don't think we just sit and listen to our body enough. And I think we just don't take enough mental space. It can even be five minutes in the day to just sit and think, how am I feeling? Like, how is my body feeling? How's my body feeling? And then how is my mind feeling? You know, rush, 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 do this, do this. Oh, what's happening on social media? Oh, must pick up the kids, got to do this. You know, we're always, but to sit and actually go, how am I feeling? And as you would know, your body can tell a lot about what you're feeling mentally. So I think it's really important to take just five minutes even, sit Mm. on the toilet. Where is my shoulders? How's my posture? You know, just to check in. (laughs) Sometimes it's the only time you've got to yourself, five minutes (laughs) on the toilet. No, even then. (laughs) Um, One thing I've noticed, I get asked this question a lot, you know, how do you do it all? It's like, well, I sure as heck don't. Um, But it can be a facade and we can look on socials and what we're doing and even going and showing up for work every day. People can look and go, how are they doing that? Um, One thing that I have come to realise is that everybody that I see who looks like they are doing it all seem to actually take time for themselves that seems to be the common theme. The ones that seem to have it not more together necessarily, but well, maybe it is, I don't know. But the ones that seem to be able to do more definitely are the ones that take that time. I watch one of my very good girlfriends has four children, but she does it all and she does it all beautifully. But she absolutely takes time out for herself. And I really think there's something to be said about that in terms of, because again, we've also been conditioned that we come last. Yeah. But if we yeah. actually put ourselves in a place where we didn't put ourselves last, in fact, it's not about first, last or whatever. It's just about all being equal as far as I'm concerned. Um, then we actually can do more. We can achieve more. We can give more. Would you have seen that in your experience? Yeah. I mean, there's that great saying, isn't there, that fix your oxygen mask first before you fix you, everyone else mm-hmm. around you because you're not going to be productive if you don't fix your own. Um 
Yes, I 100% think in my experience as well that taking mental space, now that can be, and now thankfully we're starting to move again. Um, I actually interviewed Yumi Steins in the book and she talks about taking, um, like she goes away by herself for a couple of days. Like she'll go to a caravan park and she, and, and I like to get away. I, I mean, I normally go with my sister and I call it like a mental reset or a mental refresh. And thankfully now we can start moving we can start doing that. But I actually think it needs, you need to have a break mentally, either by yourself, get away from everything at home. Um, whether with you've got someone that's or not. not going to make demands on you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> true. exactly. Someone that can make their own toast or yes. not find their own socks or any of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think there's just a certain clarity that comes from going by yourself as well and just sitting there. Mm. It just could be overnight in a hotel room even. Like it just doesn't have to be anything extravagant like jetting off to Thailand or whatever. But just to sit there and in your own silence and just really think about, okay, what can I do better in my life? What can I lose? What can I, yeah, just having your own, There's also I, I could call it clarity. In, well, there's an empowerment to it too. Um, so Nat is, don't talk to her because she jets all over the world <laughs> by herself. She's like, no, nah, I got this, it's fine. Blah, blah. Off she goes. Well, I went to a version of what you're talking about. It's true. <laughs> but but you don't have any, like you, you've done it enough that it's your time and you know how to do it, you know. But last year I went to Los Angeles by myself for five days. I, the furthest I go is about 20 kilometres from my house by myself <laughs> ever, and that's maybe for like three hours. So this was massive. But I... Do you know what I enjoyed the most? The plane ride. 14 hours yeah. of choosing movies Hell and yeah. shows that I wanted. I, like I didn't have to fish, help anybody open their <laughs> packages. I just, I slept when I wanted to. And it was just this feeling of empowerment that I did not have to think of anyone else. I didn't have to worry about being anywhere else. When I got there, I did exactly what I wanted and it was so amazing. I mean, the, the trip was great as well, but that feeling for me of the actually... The plane ride was the highlight. The <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just not having to worry about anybody else, I think, was the highlight. Being you plane, know what? Plane ride was pretty good. 28 hours of just for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you were doing? You were offloading your mental load, you see, because at home at, as women, we just carry this mental load. So it's all the thoughts and feelings and planning and that's going around in our head every day, Um that just is there, that we're thinking about 24-7. But when you go out, when you go away, you almost leave that at home. And so you don't have any, you're not worried about anything, you don't have anyone to think about. Um, and I think there is, and I think we underestimate how much our mental load weighs on our mental health. We often think, oh, I've got this, I can do it, my, I'm sticking my to-do list. But you're still thinking, that you're still processing these thoughts. Mm. So when you go away... You're almost going, okay, leave this at home. When I wrote the book, I actually, it was over Christmas last year and Tom stayed in Adelaide with his family and three kids and I flew back early and just finished the book in four days. And I was driving to pick them up. I'd nearly finished the book and I was driving to pick them up at the airport and I just, re- like, I suddenly started thinking about, okay, what do I need to get for dinner? Yes. What do I need to do this? And, and it was almost like my, I had no mental load when they weren't here but then as I was driving, I was almost starting to come again and tick on, tick on, oh, this, 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 this. And I'm like, this is exactly what I'm writing about. Suddenly it's it's all back on. Mm. It's so true though. And it's the emotional thing. I think that is the one thing that really separates men and women and their approach to life, I think, really, is the way we interpret our emotions 
it's different. It's just mm-hmm. a different way. And I mean, it's not obviously some people are more masculine, more feminine, what have you. But in in a general sense, I think that's part of the thing that women tend to take on the emotional load of the people around them, their friends, their workers, their you know partners, the kids, like all of that. And so if you take a step away from it, you don't have to worry about that part too. And that is that is a huge load. Yeah, totally. Really is. There's so many facets to it as well, isn't there? <laughs> I just, <laughs> just love like, it. We're all just so, like, uh huh, uh huh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my final question was then: What do we do? <laughs> what do we actually do to, to? Is it just about owning it and being aware, or are there practical things that we can do to help us with moving towards? I don't know, going about your day with a bit more ease because we're not going to use the word balance after, you know, we've called <laughs> no. it BS, so we need to find another word now. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, that, yeah, there are there are some things we can do. I think, first of all, just keep conversations happening with the men in our life about, you know, the mental load, acknowledging, you know, just, yeah, just to keep feminism alive, keep keep trying to navigate it together. Um, empower men to help out a lot more around the home or, you know, with the mental load. Um, I think also it's one thing I realised through talking to people and the research is that it's just really important we keep connections up with our friends. I think one of the, often when you're overwhelmed and overloaded, one of the first things to go is your friends. You know, you think, oh, I couldn't be bothered going out for dinner. I couldn't Mm. be bothered talking to this person. Oh, I'll just text them. I won't pick up the phone. Whereas, you know, through research, we know that connection and friendship are really the foundations for a, a healthy and well life. So for me, that's one thing that is just a, has to be a non-negotiable to help you manage mm. the overwhelm. Um, it's a different energy with friends too. Like you say, the 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 feeling that you get spending time with your friends, even if they are sharing their emotional load, it's completely different to being at home. And I think that goes back to your idea of you take a step out of the home and it's a different space altogether. Yeah, exactly. I think friends here, I think mental, you know, mental clarity, like having those moments in your day or, you know, a planned night in the hotel or at a local caravan park, wherever, um, just to escape the mental load. Um, And obviously, fundamentally, I mean, for me, and I talk about this is just health and like, your own health and well-being is is so important to maintaining your level of control, dare I say, over your balance and overwhelm. Um, they're probably the big things that I learned while writing this book. And also actually the other thing that really that I really learned is the saying done is better than perfect. I think as women we try to be to do everything perfectly, whether it's that macaroni necklace, whether it's baking a cake for our kids' birthday, whether it's buying the latest athleisure wear, whatever. We, we just, we want to do everything, you know, to, the best we can do. And I think for me, as long as something's done, mm. it's better than perfect. And I, I think that was the philosophy with this book. I thought, you know what, I've, it's not perfect. I would have loved more time, but it's done. Mm. And that for me is the most important thing. So if your husband offers to put out the washing, it doesn't have to be the way you do it, but you know what, it's done. Yeah. And that, mm. That relieves your load a little bit. So just, you know, that's probably the big learning. I'm going to add to that. I'm going to say embrace the wonky. (laughs) 
Embrace yeah. the wonky. Because sometimes you do things and you're like, yeah, well, that cake's weird. Oh, well, it's done. Yeah. There you go. It doesn't matter. It's like the opposite of perfection. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly what you're saying. I have to say that's definitely it's, something that I am not a perfectionist. And I think that's part of the reason why maybe I get it. <laughs> yeah, get things done. done because yeah. it's like, oh, yep, near tick, enough, good enough. Tick. Let's keep going. Mm, um, yeah. Felicity, where can people access the book and maybe also um, women as well give us the actual URL for that? Yeah, that's a bit tricky. Specially. Mm. Yes, yes. So it, it's a pronounced women, but it's w-h-i-m-n.com.au. Um, so it's a great, you know, women's lifestyle site. And the book you can purchase everywhere, basically. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on. No, thank you. Pleasure. I think it's such an important topic and I'm so grateful that you've written the book. I can't wait to get my eyes over it more than just the little bit of research that I did <laughs> earlier on. Um, but Cecilia, yes, does that uh, tick the boxes in terms of how we normally would wrap up a uh, <laughs> podcast in the happier, healthier, better? Uh... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> happier, healthier, more normal. Right, mm, absolutely. Yeah. We would love, um, before we go, just to remind our friends listening that we would love for you to review this podcast mm-hmm. or any of the other episodes that you've heard and of course uh, come and hang out with us on Instagram. Yes, please do. It's um, it's nice over there now. There's lots of funny, I like it when you write the funny things. You like it? Yeah, because yeah. your yeah. sense of humour just does actually make me laugh because I'm like, what did you, where did you come up with that from? I, I know, I like to push a few boundaries there. Um, and we'd love it if you take a picture and show us where you're listening, yeah, you know, you're on your morning do. walk or whatever yeah. you might be doing, that would be awesome. But thank you, Felicity, for joining us today. Celia? Oh, look, I'll be here next time, don't worry. Oh, good, I'm glad you're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, no. We do hope that this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. 